queremos. The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Whenever you're ready. <clears throat> All right, I shan't tally. Ah, uh, 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 you shan't tally. I, I shan't tally. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and a wagon train to the stars. Oh. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Bill Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we climb a giant mountain of tech and science headlines and also let our geek flags fly over the new Star Trek series coming later this year. There you but go. first, that big mountain of news. News. We got news. I'm not even going to mess around. Let's just dive right yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. There is tech, there's science, there's everything. a little bit of everything. We got everything. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's get the businessy stuff out all of the right, way. Let me settle in. Out. Yes, you know, get your. Because, uh, you know, I'm an expert in all things business. Yes. Of uh, yes. Now, uh, perhaps as a surprise uh, to no one, considering the circumstances, <laughs> Verizon and Yahoo uh, went back and reworked the terms of their yeah. agreement in which Verizon would buy Yahoo. Uh, this agreement was reworked in light of someone's mega security breaches. Yeah. Now, in the new deal, the companies agreed to lower the price by $350 million, with an M, uh, so that original price tag of $4.8 billion is now a low, low sale price of $4.48 billion. Can't beat it with a stick. You know, I, That's I guess. a deal. Yeah, unless you had a security breach and then maybe the stick breaks. But uh, additionally, uh, Verizon and Yahoo agreed to share certain legal and regulatory liabilities. Uh, oh, the Security really? and Exchange Commission is still investigating Yahoo's handling of those uh, aforementioned giant security lapses and class action lawsuits that are looming. So Yahoo is on the hook for half of any payouts that may uh, incur from, you know, lack of security. Mm. And uh, Verizon also announced this week that uh, it'll be testing its new Zippy 5G mobile broadband service in 11 cities later this year. So, is New York one of them? No. No. Bernardsville, New Jersey, that's which close, is kind right? of in the middle of the state. Yeah. Uh, that's one of them. Ann Arbor, Atlanta, Brockton, Massachusetts, Dallas, Denver, Houston, Miami, Sacramento, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. Bernardsville? I mean... I'm... I'm guessing maybe it's a load test because it's kind of in the middle of the state. I think it's like halfway between right. uh, like Allentown and eastern Pennsylvania right. and New York City. Probably some business out there. Maybe they just want to kind of do a little bit of intense northeast testing but not like plunk in the middle of New York gotcha. City. Those are I'm just a, guessing. Those are pretty big cities. I would imagine Seattle especially. That's a pretty big tech town. Yeah, that's got to be a tech town. Atlanta, no slouch yeah, either. absolutely uh, not. Ann Arbor, University of Michigan there. Absolutely. So, um, so, so they're, they're testing uh, here. Bernardsville. Yes, or right. Bernardsville. I don't know how if they use the uh, English pronunciation no, of Bernard. True. Yeah, true. But yeah, that, whatever that town is in the middle of New Jersey, it, it's <laughs> being tested. Yeah, so, so that was Verizon's uh, big news. So a little bit of Yahoo sale price, a little bit of, hey, we got that 5G you've been waiting on yeah, since we announced 4G exactly. uh, coming your way. Exactly. Now, in Microsoft news, uh, always exciting Microsoft news. Absolutely. Office 2016 for Mac just got Touch Bar support for the latest Mac laptops that have that little uh, feature there. Right. Touch Bar integration means Word users can now use the touch-sensitive strip to insert photos, hyperlinks, or comments in a document. Woo, hold me back. Yep. Um, in the PowerPoint presentation program, the Touch Bar gets view-specific controls to present a slideshow. So that might be useful. Yeah. yeah. And uh, also on the Windows side of the aisle, Microsoft updated the Windows 10 Mail and Calendar apps with the Focused Inbox feature, which I believe is something like uh, Gmail's Priority Inbox, where they put the stuff that you may actually want to read more in your face gotcha. and all the other junk's kind of in the background. 
And uh, Microsoft also added new color categories for calendar events uh, and other enhancements too, but uh, colors and focus there for Microsoft Mail and, touch and bars. calendar. And touch bars. Man walks into a touch bar. <laughs> no, we won't go there. <laughs> now, Facebook founder and CEO bitch Mark Zuckerberg published a lengthy manifesto to his profile <laughs> wait, page wait, wait, last wait, week. <laughs> Let's roll that back. What did we call him? Remember on his business card on the That's social right. network, I'm CEO, CEO bitch. bitch. Yeah, right. just kind yes. of slipped out there. Yes, I hope we exactly. didn't lose a clean tag yeah, there. But. Yeah, I think we might have, but that's okay. It, it's it's a name for it's a lady a, dog. It's a lady dog. That's yeah. right. Uh, anyway, uh, Zuckerberg uh, posted this very long manifesto uh, to his profile page that may have some traditional journalists a tad nervous. Oh, um, in this very long memo, Zuckerberg said he wants Facebook to develop, quote, the social infrastructure for a community, uh, end quote, and said he's actually uh, describing a media company with classic journalistic goals. The Facebook of the future, he writes, will be, quote, for keeping us safe, for informing us, for civic engagement, and for inclusion of all, end quote. So he's kind of making this sort of utopian yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ideal where Facebook will uh, keep you informed and let you know what's going on in your world. But as The Atlantic uh, notes, viewing this approach through the lens of journalism, however, you can see how Zuckerberg is continuing to push Facebook's hands-off approach to editorial responsibility. Facebook is outsourcing its decision-making power about what's in your news feed. Instead of a way a newspaper editor decides what's on the front page, the user will decide. Right. So The Atlantic was not really sold on this. They were a little concerned that people would just stay in Facebook and get news no matter who was putting it there. Right. No matter what the motivation for putting it there was. Gotcha. But you um, know what I've been saying? Facebook can't have it both ways. Yeah. I've said this before. I'll say it again. They're trying to play both sides to the middle. At least there were no cyborgs. He didn't mention anything about cyborgs, yeah, right? Yeah, not yet. Yeah, we've got robots later in okay. the news here, no, but no, not no, on but, Facebook. You know, you know, like Tony Stark did the yeah, whole yeah, cyborg yeah, thing. Yeah, no, no, he, we, we're not well, totally Musk, merging. But, yes, you know, uh, it's the same person. But uh, the, the Atlantic uh, article was pretty interesting if you are into traditional journalism and some of the challenges uh, the industry has been facing uh, in the days yes. of social media. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have a link to that uh, story on our show page. Now, Uber, fresh off the hashtag delete Uber movement following President Trump's travel restrictions last month, is having more problems. Mm -hmm. A former female engineer published a long post on her personal blog over the weekend that detailed her uh, time with the company and the sexual harassment she received from her manager. Uh, although she reported the behavior and shared screenshots with Uber's uh, human resources department, she was told the harasser was a, quote, high performer and hadn't done anything like that before, which they, she found out uh, was later proven to be untrue. I guess this guy was a total dog uh, about harassing the women there. Yeah, but so, it, it, it goes so much farther than yeah, that. I read the post. It, this was yeah, a nightmare. Yeah, this is just the very tip oh. of the nasty iceberg here. Yes, indeed. So she had some very serious things to say. Of course, Uber is, uh, oh, we didn't know about this. So the CEO, Travis Kalanick, said this was the first he'd heard of the accusations and announced uh, that he would uh, hire former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder to investigate the case. So hopefully this is not lip service. Women in the tech industry know this stuff oh, goes yeah. on everywhere. They deal with and, it every day. Yeah, and we've, we've seen it from like the Alan Powell case. There's just rampant yep. misogyny, sexual harassment. I don't know if the more women speak up and have, you know, kind of uh, inflammatory blog posts that embarrass companies that are trying to prove themselves as, as being uh, the good guys, this, this will have any effect on it. But uh, I don't understand this bro mentality. I really don't. That's infected the entire tech sector. I don't understand it. It is the stupidest thing. Like, really? You're coding. How much old is that? You're sitting there. 
Typing. The, yes, you're typing. I'm sorry. Not as macho as you guys might think. So so we'll see uh, what uh, former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder uh, finds out on that. Moving on to happier news. Happy uh, news. Snap, the company behind the ever-popular Snapchat app, is due to have its initial public offering in the very near future. A lot of millionaires in L.A. soon. Yeah. As part of its pitch to potential investors, Snap made a 35-minute video that hopes to get out the message that Snap is a company where people have genuine, intimate, and fun conversations. Um, and you should buy stock in that. Of course. So they, I think as they talked about their spectacles that they made, which I think creeped us out when we <laughs> talked about them. Uh, Come on. Come on. Can we just break this down? People take naughty pictures and they disappear. This is what Snap is about. Yeah. Let's not play around. Let's not dance. Let's not, okay, you're going to get your news from Snap. Okay. But you're going there for naughty pictures. Yeah. And I'm maybe sorry. If you, and maybe if you see a National Geographic Discovery thing. It's uh, a plus. Yeah. It's a plus. But yeah, the, yeah. the, the original uh, intent of the service, I think. Yeah. Uh, and lots of screenshotting, you pervs. Stop with that. So <laughs> I guess you're not a, a huge fan of the Snapchat? I'm not. I, I, I'm really not. I, don't. I mean, you know, and it's not an oldster type thing. It's just... What, yeah. the he- what the heck's the point? Yeah, well, they've been trying to come around with, like, the ways for news organizations create visual stories. Right. Companies I'm are hiring Snapchat editors. I think it's kind of a short attention span thing, too, for right. people who don't want to do the long read. They want a big picture. They want just enough information, the bullet points they need to know, absorb it like a Dorito of news, and move on to the next one on the bag. Are there really people who actually absorb their news this way? I think that there are. I think wow. that, and I think it might be a generational because, uh, quite frankly, we are uh, dinosaurs. Yes, uh, we are compared to the to the youngsters out there. Yes. And we've seen the internet from the get go, and all mm-hmm. of the ebbs and flows, and the the fads that come along. All right. Well, if that's the point, it's still about naughty pictures disappearing. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I can't break it down any other way. Yeah, you know, it always comes back to naughty pictures. It always doesn't it? does. Yes. uh, Speaking of pictures, uh, naughty or otherwise, Instagram just added the ability to share up to 10 photos or videos in one post for those who just can't decide which is the best picture from that party. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, okay. So you can get a whole carousel now of images uh, from a particular moment. Uh, If you don't see this when you go to Instagram, update your app, and hopefully the feature will be in the next update of that. Uh, I got rid of my Instagram account. Really? I just just didn't have time. Put the kibosh on? Yeah, I put the kibosh on Instagram. I didn't have time. It's a time suck. It really is. Yeah, you just got to get the right photo. too much going on. I got to pick the filter. Exactly. Yeah. I actually, after a while, I just didn't do any filters. It's just too annoying. So you're a big hashtag no filter? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't actually go that far. I just didn't put the filters yeah. on. You just left them playing. I just left them playing and I just bailed out. Maybe yeah. I'll go back someday, but I doubt it. Yeah, you know, got to kind of like winnow down your services because you, you don't want to spend all your time on the internet. Yeah, I'm not doing Facebook that much either. I've talked about this, I think, already. But yeah. It's like, eh, social media. All yeah, right, you're fine. pulling back to an analog lifestyle. Um, not 100%, but I really noticed that a lot of these social networks, on top of the whole privacy things, which, you know, creeps me out. I just don't have the time for them. I don't, I don't know how people do. Life happens. Life happens. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, well, moving on, the right to repair movement seeks to empower consumers by requesting that electronics companies make service manuals available to the public and also sell spare parts to customers who want to fix their own hardware. Loving that. All well and good. Yes. American ingenuity there. Absolutely. However, uh, Apple doesn't want to give up its genius bar secrets to the masses and is fighting right to repair legislation in Nebraska. 
As right-to-repair bills appear, Apple and other companies have argued that it's unsafe for untrained technicians to work on their own stuff and, you know, who knows, might make a, you know, lithium-ion battery unstable if you get in there messing around. So they are fighting it. I think part of this has to do with uh, trade secrets and they don't want their proprietary technology to be getting out there. So they have been traditionally fighting these right-to-repair bills, but the Nebraska one is the latest Mm. and the fight goes on. This is about money. Yeah, it's about money. It's I think there's money. one in New York that got shot down and is kind of rising in a different form now, too. Yeah, you can so. just tell by the Apple products how they're becoming less and less fixable. Yeah. Our homeboys at iFixit.com have been noting this year after year. Yes, the repairability index. I believe uh, the, the AirPods got a very bad... Weren't those a bunch of glue? Yeah, in it's the, just a bunch yeah. of glue. Yeah. I'm not going near them. Yeah. Sorry. I'm kind of crotchety today, aren't I? No, well, I feel a little crotchety. Well, we're in a weird climate change moment where yeah. it's in the 60s in February in New York. And my allergies are actually kicking in. Yeah, the pollen's probably coming out. Yeah, you had crazy. your winter wardrobe set, and now you've got to switch to your seasonal transitional. Yeah, and then what's going to happen is at some point it's going to go like to 20 degrees in yeah. the middle, and then I don't know what to wear, and then it becomes a thing. Yeah, yeah you, and you feel the, me. You feel yeah, me. Yeah, in New York, every time we think we're out of it, it's yeah. February. Oh, look, it's 75 degrees in February. Yeah. Right around St. Patrick's Day, we inevitably get kicked in the teeth with right. some kind of snowstorm Absolutely. with 8 to 10 inches, right. and you're right back in the deep freeze. Yes, indeed. So yes, you indeed. see it coming. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so, All right, so I'll try to be less crotchety. Well, let's talk about Apple, because that- uh, That's going to make me crotchety. Well, maybe. maybe. I mean, new, new products uh, that might be fun. Uh, the fruit-themed toy maker of Cupertino has acquired Real Face, a facial recognition technology company based in Israel. Sounds like there could be more biometric authentication coming to Apple products. And how is that making me happy? Uh, you, you won't have to type a password. Now, this, this may tie in nicely with a new report from the Mac Rumor site, which claims that this year's iPhone model, you know, the 10th anniversary one, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the alleged edge-to-edge OLED screen, will also have a, quote, revolutionary front-facing camera system that consists of three modules that fully enable 3D sensing. That can be used for facial recognition uh, as long as iris recognition. So very Charlie's Angels, uh, first search in the movie, uh, the Drew Barrymore. Uh, nice. Very nice reference. Yes, Golf um, Nicely done. So, so face and iris there where the phone could just – you look at the phone right. and it, it unlocks because it knows it's you. Uh, Mac Rumors is reporting this as a prediction, though, from a KGI securities analyst and Apple prognosticator with good track record, uh, Ming-Chi Kuo. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very good on a lot of these. The upgraded camera system will be fueled by algorithms from PrimeSense, which was another company Apple acquired back in 2013. Mac Rumors also notes, in addition to the biometric stuff, this camera system could be used for gaming applications. Oh, uh, cool. Augmented reality, virtual reality, that sort of thing. Sounds fun. Uh, users could place their own 3D scanned face in the game uh, for like a quick selfie, mm. and then you've got your holographic self nice. running around in there. Yeah. Um, so, so they're wondering. Now, the Post also pondered the notion that maybe the Touch ID fingerprint sensor could give way to this new form of biometrics so you don't even have the fingerprint thing anymore. Remember when they first came out with the fingerprint thing? Yeah. And it took them, what, two days before they hacked the crap out of it? And yeah, they, well, they took a like, photo of a thumb. And, and then yeah. tape and then whatever. Yeah. I give it two days yeah. before someone hacks that Before someone, well, like on Charlie's Angels where they got the contact lenses. Exactly. Hello. Yes. So, uh, so, so we'll, we'll time will tell on that because again, okay. all rumors, all just guessing based on you know the KGI securities guy who right. does have a really good, he does uh, have a good track, track record, record there. That is true. 
Um, oh, and in, in the middle of all of this, Apple's new 175-acre office campus dubbed Apple Park uh, opens in April now as Apple employees Park. will begin to move into – remember they're building that giant spaceship-safe building and this beautifully glorious landscaped campus right. and there's a big thousand-seat theater in there that they're calling the Steve Jobs Theater. In, in for his memories or when they do I think like, for, for like when they do announcements and presentations. Oh, yeah, because I was going to say, you know, shouldn't they be working and not going to movies? Yeah, yeah. No, I think this is for our grand unveilings, oh, okay. uh, that so sort of thing. It's for the, uh, what they used to do in the uh, Moscone Center. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think they just have their own Moscone Center and their campus there. Now, uh, meanwhile, on the Android side of the rumor mill, some are speculating that Google's rumored update to the Nexus 7 tablet uh, was delayed either due to disagreements with the hardware manufacturer, which okay. I think was uh, Huawei. Right. Or because the new tablet will feature an entirely new operating system. They are uh, guessing that this would be the Andromeda OS, which is said to be a cross between the Chromebook OS used on Google's little internet-connected yeah, laptops yeah. Uh, and Android. So wow, you've got okay. the touchscreen and, and sort of the, the lightweight uh, Chromebook there. Uh, but again, this is all rumors um, along with the predictions that it could be on the third quarter of this year. I don't care. Yeah, I, I want the new 7-inch tablet. Yeah. I, they burned me so many times, Google. Yeah. I just, I, you know what? I'm, I don't even care anymore. Really? I'm, I'm like a spurned lover. I don't care. So, so you it. can put out the fanciest, nicest, most beautiful, cheapest tablet, and you will not, you will not do look. it. Yes, they're getting dangerously close to BlackBerry Playbook territory. Uh oh. That and means for it's gonna... you long for you long term listeners, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They took away my Google Seven iPad. Yes, it's okay. it's, it's been languishing there on the My lollipop. It's not been able to update to nougat. It's, yeah. Well, I guess marshmallow can go to marshmallow, but it can't go to nougat. Is it marshmallow or marshmallow? I, I, well, I, I think it depends on your regional pronunciation really? too. It's yeah. spelled mallow, but mallow, right. marshmallow. They took um, away my Nexus Seven, and yeah. they're just teasing me. I know. That, well, does me. your son need another ramp for his? Apparently, he's going to get it. Yep. He's going to get it because you yeah. know me. I can't help myself with the oh. tablets. Well, I still use I have, I have a 2013 Nexus 7, so and I, even though it's a little pokey and mm-hmm. a little cranky, yep. I love the form factor so much I do that I, I do use I do it too. in the morning for the newsread. I must admit, I do use it myself. I still have a Nexus 10, too. Yeah, it would just be nice to have a new version. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, if you're listening, Google, yeah, please. we really like a new one. Hook us up. Now, it's not news that robots are everywhere and taking over jobs once performed by humans, uh, but Microsoft co-founder and former CEO Bill Gates thinks they should pay for it. Oh, okay. Yes, or rather the companies implementing robots as a way of automating the workforce should have to pay a robot tax uh, that would therefore go to fund other types of employment. All right. That's not bad. You know, it's, it's, it's a kind of interesting idea. That's right. Now, in an interview with the Quartz site, Mr. Gates said... You ought to be willing to raise the tax level and even slow down the speed of automation. Okay. Uh, As the Quartz Post points out, uh, that's because the technology and business cases for replacing humans in a wide range of jobs are arriving simultaneously, and it's important to be able to manage that displacement. So as more robots move into the factories, Mm. humans are getting dumped on the unemployment line, and it's very jarring uh, to have this happen uh, so rapidly. You know... Robots could take over our jobs here. They could. As podcasters. Yeah, I, I, you just program a robot to cuss. And, That's right. And go on. <laughs> and be crotchety. Yeah. Crotchety robots. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're like that, that K2SO, you know, from That's Rogue right. One. You know, That's you, right. You could be that. Oh, boy. But uh, Mr. Gates also said, uh, you cross the threshold of job replacement of certain activities of a sort all at once, noting that warehouse work uh, and driving are some of the job categories that in the next 20 years, the robots could be doing them. So he's saying tax now, maybe slow down some of this, even though the companies really want to save money by putting in all this automation. 
if you tax it, they can still do it, but maybe not as rapidly. And then you just use that money to fund maybe job training programs gotcha. or find other things for the displaced workers to do. What about cyborgs? Where do they fit in? Maybe maybe they get a lower tax. Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. Or uh, or new job categories for them, too. Nice. Okay. Fair enough. You, you know, know, the cyborg thing is freaking me out. Yeah. You yeah. know this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Yeah, they could be secret agents, too. Oh, see? Now that's just mean. You Why'd know, you got to go there? What they, they could, you know, fight crime. <sighs> okay, all right. Crime fighting cyborgs. Yes. Uh, you know, because what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Now, uh, in other news in the future, or in this case, uh, the future last weekend, SpaceX celebrated another successful rocket launch. And a landing? Yes, and a landing. Nice. Uh, they had a night. Well, they, they were originally going to go on Saturday. Right. And had planned it. And then there was an anomaly. And I think the second stage, uh, something with the thrust system. Okay. So 13 seconds before launch, they, they just shut it down. I said, no, okay. we're not going to go. Said, we have another window because they were basing this also on the position of the International Space Station right. and when they could be in the right position to get up there in time. So, okay, we're going to try again tomorrow. And so I think it was around 938 on Sunday. All systems were go, and the thing went up beautifully. It was a little cloudy, so you didn't see the rocket really going up into the atmosphere yeah, as yeah, clearly yeah. as you could. But because they had the camera on the side of the stage, it came back down nice. uh, with the uh, Falcon 9. You saw the thing coming back down to the landing pad, and it was very exciting um, just to see it go up. And And when SpaceX does one of these webcasts, they have graphics on the screen. They've right. got right. Uh, young, smart people explaining what's going on <laughs> at every moment, uh, you know, very hip guys and earrings. And, and yeah, we're going to do this with these thrusters. Oh, come on. I miss the skinny tie guys. Yeah, and the Mohawk guy from, yeah. from NASA. We, yeah, we do love right. him, too. Yes. Um so they had this very slick and polished webcast. NASA uh, picked up the feed. I think they dropped out a lot of the SpaceX commentary, but they showed the graphics and right, the video right. of the thing coming back down. And for space nerds, this was an especially exciting launch because they were going from pad 39A, mm-hmm. which was a historic NASA pad for the Apollo missions. Yep. I believe some space shuttles took off from there. That's right. So uh, very, and then the fact that it, you know, SpaceX has had a couple of very successful rocket launches after the problem last September. Right, exactly. And I think part of the reason they're doing these very visible, like, hey, we're going to have a live stream on all of the streaming uh, set-top boxes and all of this, and you know, very you know, slick and polished. They're yeah. showing that they can do this, even though we've had this very it. bad PR. Right. We've got the, you know these beautiful rocket launches going up, and, and you feel it. You're, like you're watching there, and it's live drama, and you see the rocket go up, and you know that that cargo capsule is on its way to the International Space Station. It's very exciting. It's so very exciting stuff. So uh, we so, are space nerds here. So we are, um, and then we have a few more space stories to prove Yay! that point. Now, uh, NASA may be outsourcing some of its rocket work to SpaceX and other companies, uh, but the agency has plenty of its own missions to keep it busy. This week, NASA announced the Juno spacecraft will remain in the current 53-day orbit around Jupiter for the remainder of its mission. Now, although Juno was originally supposed to fire its engines and reduce its orbital period to 14 days, uh, staying in this current longer orbit allows it to complete more of its uh, to-do list of collecting information about the solar system's largest planet. That's very cool. According to Space.com, Juno's larger 53-day orbit allows for bonus science, which wasn't part of the original mission design. Juno will further explore the far reaches of the Jovian magnetosphere, uh, the region mm. of space dominated by Jupiter's magnetic field, including the far magnetotail, uh, the southern magnetosphere, and the magnetospheric boundary region called the magnetopause. This is like a Marvel comic here. I know. What's it, going it, on? Like all these, now, understanding magnetospheres and how they interact with the solar wind are key science goals of NASA's heliophysics science division, end quote. 
So space.com was all over. Oh, yeah. I got to be honest, though. I was very impressed that you got through that. I know, because usually there is a... (laughs) You you got through it. Yeah, usually there is some kind of like horrible car wreck (laughs) right in the middle. (laughs) You did it, J.D. very exciting. Um, It's all exciting stuff. I know, and NASA had even bigger news to reveal at a press conference on Wednesday this week. The space agency announced the discovery of, quote, the first known system of seven Earth-sized planets around a single star, end quote, that's pretty wild. This is life beyond, uh, and this is thanks to the Spitzer Space Telescope. Uh, NASA notes that three of those freshly discovered planets are firmly located in the uh, habitable zone, an area around the parent star where a rocky planet is most likely to have liquid water. Yeah, but come on, let's be honest. Let's not get too excited, because remember, Mars and supposedly, what was the other planet? Venus? Yeah. Was supposed to be habitable. Yeah. And then, then it wasn't. They were a little toasty. They I were guess, just a little toasty. Got up there. There's got to be a whole confluence of things for for us to be crawling out of the muck. Yeah. You know? But, but you know, this is this is a good plan. Uh, now, this uh, system- I'm cautiously optimistic. Yes. Let's put it that well, way. Well, it's it's something, you know, we have to get a lot more science on it. Right. Uh, this new system is located about 40 light years away or uh, 235 trillion miles from Earth. <laughs> That's like a puddle jump. Yeah. And it's in the uh, constellation Aquarius. So, I want you to cue up the hair <laughs> cast album there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yes. Fifth dimension. I may have to, I may have to throw a curve, though. Oh, All you right. always do. I'll try. With, with that uh, impressive audio library I from the Rosado Sound Archives. I will try. Yes. Uh, now, these planets are scientifically known as exoplanets because they are located outside of our solar system, but they have a really cool name. Now, this exoplanet system is called TRAPPIST-1, and Ooh. that's named for the, and this is an acronym, Transiting Planets and Planetismals Small Telescope uh, in Chile. <laughs> Nice. So, is that, now is that planetesimals? <laughs> planetesimals. Okay. Yeah, I think it might we'll be planetesimals. But, You're uh, rocking it today, JD. This is awesome. But, uh, but yeah, this is a Chilean telescope. Uh, the researchers were using that one in May of last year, and they originally discovered three of the planets in the system. And then the Spitzer telescope worked with other ground-based scopes, uh, including, I love the name of this one, uh, the European Southern Observatory's Very Large Telescope. <laughs> <laughs> They're just doing it right down the middle. You know, no yeah, muss, no it. fuss. No muss, no fuss. Yeah, it makes me think that perhaps Germany named that one. Yes. Um, and then, so all these telescopes got together and we were able to confirm the existence of uh, two of the planets and then find the five additional ones to make up the seven that we've got in this exoplanet system. Yeah, but they're not in the habitable zone or whatever they are. Yeah, only three of them are in the, the uh, habitable zone. Uh, <laughs> habitable just, zone. We're just making up words Yes, now. habitable zone. Habitable, okay. We yes. know how to speak-ish. Yes, sort of. Sort of. Um, um, so, uh, but NASA again says this discovery sets a new record for the greatest number of uh, habitable zone planets uh, found in a single star outside our solar system. That is so cool. So, uh, and they, they think that maybe all seven of them could have liquid water, uh, key to life as we know it. Yes. Um, under the right atmospheric conditions. So, uh, if you're interested in this, and, and hopefully some of our listeners are, because you are science geeks like us, right. NASA already has a multimedia exoplanet site set up with 360 degree views, artist renderings of what it might look like on those planets. There's a desktop app called Eyes on Exoplanets. Uh, there's some VR stuff going on there. We got to take a trip. Somebody's got to, hey, come on, let's start. The, the heck with the Mars thing. Let's go to exoplanet. What are they? Trappist, Trappist one. Trapezoid one. Whatever the heck it Trappist, is. Trappist, yeah. Trappist, Think okay. of the, the monks that brew the, the beer monks, like that. Trappist, there you yeah. go. There you go. So, but the site is great. And I've got the NASA's eyes on, I think I had their eyes on the, the New Horizons one, right. uh, which is a great desktop app. And, and you sort of see like things that the telescope has seen or whatever the, the um, traveling spacecraft uh, 
they, they show you a lot of great graphics and visuals. Nice. A lot of it's just sort of artist renderings, but you, it lets you visualize what's going on out there. Do you think one of on one of these planets they're doing like a Pop Tech Jam podcast right now? They might be. Just like there's like our doppelgangers yes. out there and we're wearing like Jetsons outfits. Yeah, I'm probably pronouncing things <laughs> correctly. <better>. Yes. <laughs> I can ah, picture that. That would be so awesome. Oh, this is so exciting. It could be like the mirror universe in Star Trek. Where yes. Everyone's got a goatee. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't look too good in a goatee, though. And me either. I mean, I wore one for Halloween once. And I'm like, how I, do guys deal with this itchy yeah, face hair? Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. But I do rock a sash, though. Yes. I can rock a sash. And I could see you fencing. You oh, know, yeah. Sulu style. Absolutely. But and finally, oh come on! Well, we got some Star Trek stuff to talk oh, about. Good, good, so good, more good, Star Trek yes, stuff. More Star Trek. Big NASA announcements aside, humans have been looking up at the stars and wondering what's out there for centuries. And newly discovered writings by a certain Winston Churchill show that even the eventual Prime Minister of Great Britain has thinking about these things back in 1939. Yes, he was. I read this. Yes, uh, 1939, the same year Europe was uh, sort of plunged into the beginnings of World War II. He wasn't sure, quite yeah. Prime Minister yet, no. but he he was you know keeping busy there in yes, the government. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Now researchers at the USA's National Churchill Museum, because we have one too just not the English, at Westminster College in Missouri, recently found an unpublished 11-page article in a box of like archival materials. There's digging through. Uh, you know, you stuff. find some, some hidden treasure there. Yeah. Uh, and it turned out to be an essay that Churchill wrote. Wow. Um, they thought it was maybe for like a News of the World newspaper or something at the time, but it never made it into print. Right. Now, the essay is called, Are We Alone in the Universe? Question mark. And in it, Mr. Churchill ponders the conditions that make a habitable world. Uh-oh. Yes, like liquid water. Like he brings up the liquid water thing again. And so he works through the title question himself uh, over these 11 pages. uh, And and the guy knew a lot about everything. Of course. Who knew he he was a space nerd? Yeah, who who knew? Especially back then. But but I guess he was a big fan of H.E. Wells and like the whole War of the Worlds. Yes. So so he had some some, um, interest in that sort of thing. So he works through the title question of his essay, Are We Alone in the Universe? And then he concludes a quote, I, for one... I'm not so immensely impressed by the success we are making of our civilization here that I am prepared to think that we are the only spot in this immense universe which contains living, thinking creatures or that we are the highest type of mental and physical development which has ever appeared in the vast compass of space and time, end oh, quote. Oh, snap! Dude was on it. Yes! So so that was uh, sort of what he found in this essay. Uh, there is a podcast out there that talks about this uh, that I, I think is either Nature or Smithsonian uh, talked about, and all of this stemming from this little Churchill Museum in Westminster College. It was like, why are there Churchill papers in Westminster College? Yeah. But for people who are history nerds, this was the college that he came over in 1946 and gave what became known as the Iron Curtain speech, right. and it was done in that college. And so they've had this huge uh, Churchill memorabilia thing and study going on since then. Makes sense. So so that's where that came from, and that's why that's in Missouri. But uh, Winston Churchill, astrobiologist, who knew? And space nerd. Yes, yay. So uh, so this uh, wraps up our very space-heavy news segment this week. Uh, we will have links to all of the many stories that we talked about uh, on our show page at poptechjam.com. But next we're going to go from non-fictional space to maybe speculative space. Maybe. With some Star Trek. Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. I did not realize that there are 
almost 700 episodes of Star Trek-related shows out there, not counting the movies, not counting the specials, not counting special clips on YouTube. It's just TV shows? Yes, TV shows, yeah. <sighs> I got a binge. Yeah, I believe it's 693, but the number is going to change soon. Really? Yes. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, our, our Star Trek episode here. Um as you know, uh, there are dozens of streaming services out there offering the discerning pop culture geek fine original programming without having to have a cable TV subscription. That's right. Netflix and Hulu are the obvious big players here with shows like Stranger Things, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage on Netflix. We talked about them last That's week. That's right. We did. Hulu uh, has uh, all 10 seasons of Smallville and the original uh, upcoming adaptation of The Handmaid's Tale among mm. their offerings. I stopped watching Smallville about season 40. Really? He, yeah. Because he was just looking too old to be yeah. a teenager? I mean, come on. Like, seriously? The guy had bags bigger than mine under his eyes. Yeah. Come on. But but for, but for the fans, for the, the whole yes. 10 uh, years are on there. Yes. Cable-free fans of Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead can now watch legally with the a la carte HBO, HBO Go. HBO Go. HBO, HBO Go. HBO Now. Yes, HBO, HBO now. now. HBO Now. Well, there's Now and there's Go, and it yeah. depends on if you've got an existing HBO. Right. Now is the one where, like, if you don't have the sir, if yeah. you don't have a cable yeah. s- like setup. HBO Now. HBO Now. And then HBO Go is the one if yeah, you... Yeah, exactly. Okay, just so, go. You so know, so just you've go. got your, your apps You got there. HBO, just go. Yes. So right. go, go, watch your streaming. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's there for people uh, who want HBO shows showtime has its own standalone streaming option for those who want to watch homeland homeland uh, yeah which was big, big hit won many awards yeah but i'm hearing it jumped the shark this season have you been watching not as much not as I, much I, you I see like binge i like to what you know well you see you see but uh, but for star trek fans though there is only one service to go to if you want to see the entire catalog of the original show and all the subsequent series uh, including the 22 episodes of Star Trek, the animated series from the 1970s. Love that. It used to be on Netflix. Don't tell me they took it off. It's all on the CBS All Access streaming channel now. Oh, no. Now I got to pay for something else? Yeah, it's uh, but but the price is not as high as it could be. Okay. Um, and if you subscribe, there are, again, the almost 700 or 693 Star Trek programs there in the Federation's TV archives. Nice. But that's going to get bigger because Star Trek Discovery is currently yes. in production and will hopefully debut later this year. I think they originally had uh, had it tagged for a January debut and then that slipped to May. And now, you know, production being production, what it is. Yep, uh, they yep. haven't really given a date uh, that I've seen. But for those who vaguely remember the announcement last year, the new series will have a new ship, character, and missions all firmly within the established Star Trek universe. Uh, the new show is that about a decade before the events in the original series. And the season-long storyline reportedly revolves around, quote, an incident and an event in Star Trek history that's been talked about but never explored, end quote. Mm, what could so that something be? they referred to. Um, and, uh, there was the thing with the Admiral's Beagle, but, you know, they kind of touched <laughs> on it in the movies. I think it's probably bigger than that. I think so, yes. Yes. I think so. Now, according to the early reports, the new show is said to focus on Commander Rainsford, uh, the number one on the USS Discovery. Right. Uh, she's played by Shaniqua Martin-Green, who many genre TV fans will recall from her work on The Walking Dead the Walking and Dead? Once Upon a Time, which played oh, a villain there. didn't know she was on that show. Yeah. Uh, I think she had a brief, like, season three gotcha. uh, character arc there. Gotcha. Uh, maybe going into season for but uh, so she's done a lot of genre work James Frain who played Ferdinand on Orphan Black is cast as a younger version of Sarek Spock's father nice um, you can't have a Star Trek show without Klingons and Chris Obi from Ghost in the Shell Shazad Latif, who you may uh, have seen in MI5 or Black Mirrors on there. Right. And uh, Mary Chieffo, uh, they're all on Team Batleth. So, uh, and fans of Michelle Yeoh will get to see her as a recurring role as a captain of the USS Shenzhou. So, a lot of familiar faces out there Very for familiar. the sci-fi uh, TV nice. fans. 
Now, uh, this is a lot to get a nerd excited. Yes, indeed. Um, but you uh, mentioned uh, the fact that this was not free. No, nope, um, not free. So if you're on the fence about plunking down the money for it, and it's either about $6 if you have the limited commercial breaks or $10 for just straight free? up. No, yeah, commercial free. So so 10 bucks a month uh, gets you that. Well, you know, it's, it's not that much of a price differential, I guess. Uh, but then legitimately, I would be only paying for for. Star Trek stuff. Uh, no, we get all the CBS Access stuff. So you get uh, old episodes of Big Bang, things that you missed. You can go I'm back kind of on demand. I, I think they've got Frasier in the catalog. Oh, okay. They've Frasier, got, I like. um, The Good Fight, which was the sequel oh, to that's The Good the new Wife. One. Yeah, yes, with yeah, Christine yeah, yeah. Baranski. Do they have every CSI show? Like CSI? And they've got a bunch of them. Like, Do they have CSI Bernardsville? Uh, I no? Ha- I think that one's still in the pilot stage. That one's stage. still in the pilot stage. They're going to okay. see how this 5G works. It makes the, you know, the murder rate go up in the town. I am really crotchety today. I am so sorry, JD. It's just the weather. You it know, is you're the probably weather, on the yes. verge of a sinus headache. Yes, but but there so. are many, many things in the CBS All Access. Yes. So for this six or ten bucks a month, not only do you get the uh, almost 700 episodes of Star Trek-related stuff, you get a lot of CBS stuff and a lot of their back catalogs. So it's out there as an option. Again, it's another dang on your credit card every month. Uh, you see, that's a thing. That's, that's, that's where I'm like kind of hesitant. Yeah, good. well, once you start stacking up these a la carte services, yes. like I, you complain you were paying $150 for cable and exactly. you look at the various streaming services and plus you get taxes. And, you know, it, exactly. it does add it up. It adds up. It adds up. Yeah, so, but it is an option for the cord cutter or the immense Star Trek aficionado. <sighs> this is a tough one. Yeah. This is a dilemma. You get seven-day free trial period, though. You do have to give your credit card up front when you sign in, uh, but you can cancel it uh, without the charge after the seven days. Can I see 700 episodes in seven days? Um, I'm not sure that's physically yeah, that possible. Yeah, that might be. Uh, I don't know if you can watch them in, in real time. Yeah. So, so yeah, lots of lots of streaming options. Uh, but for people who want to see fresh, hot Star Trek, because it's been a while since Enterprise, and yeah. quite frankly, Enterprise was maybe not the best of the yeah, bunch. Yeah, but you know, I still, you know, I still liked it. Yeah, I liked the first the universe, season. Yeah. I liked the first season. Yeah. So, and and then you can always go back and relive those glorious Deep Space Nine days, oh. the Voyager. Deep Space Nine last season, just yeah. great TV. Yeah. Great TV. A little too much like, uh, you know, Babylon 5, but that's, a, you know, I don't want to start any problems out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, don't want to have any genre wars. Come on. We will have links to where you can go to read more about CBS All Access and all of the Star Trek that's on there and some of the other uh, streaming services that we mentioned here. But, you know, the, the lot's out there for oh, the discerning yeah. geek to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, that, there'll be a uh, blog post uh, on our show page uh, with this information, and you can find it at poptechjam.com. And now we gotta go. We gotta go. That I was know. fun. I know. It's a, we, Crotchety we, and everything. Yeah, that no, was fun. a very space-centric show this week. Star Trek. I don't know. I'm still... It's a dilemma. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. I don't know Try what to do. Try the seven-day trial. Just, you know, kind of dip <sighs> yeah. in. See, you know, maybe some of the you know shows you've seen them enough chopped up on yeah. BBC America that you don't need to see them again. Or maybe... You can relive the glory days. Yeah. They're not going to binge drop the new Star Trek show, are they? Yeah, I think that one's going to get paced out in a 13-episode <sighs> season. Oh, yeah. It's going to kill me. It's going to kill me. Yeah, well, wait a little, because it may not even be out till the end of the year, because they are That's true. Uh, still in, in heavy production. Very um, good point. If you do sign in, they have like 18 clips related to the show and a lot of that little pre-production stuff that yeah, you yeah, see. Yeah. So. 
So, so something to look forward something to. Something to look forward to. We have to thank the bros. Yes, thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. Yes, and thank you, listeners. Thank uh, you. We hope we didn't uh, overload your circuits with the space stuff this week, but oh. we were just so excited about oh, the exoplanets yes. and the Juno mission yes. and the SpaceX launch. Yes. Yes, got got to get the. We're NASA nerds deep down. Oh yes, we are. Not even deep down. Yeah, it's okay. right on the surface. There. Yes, yes, we we have a large, you know. Yes. Uh, yes, we box have. of of nerdness here. Oh yes, yes indeed. Yes. So until next week when we are back with more, I'm JD Beersdorfer and I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. All right, let's go watch that SpaceX replay on YouTube again. They nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>